what my one of my biggest ones is always fail hard and fail fast um be willing and be willing to learn from your mistakes and then it's always circumstantial and i'm not saying it's always the easiest thing to do but like find a way to ask questions find a way to be inquisitive and be okay with being wrong be okay with not knowing I'm going to kick it off and then we'll get into some questions. Uh, welcome to this Industry Life podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Haskell. And I'm your co-host, Anthony Wilson. And I'm your producer, Katie Garland-Noble. And today we have on a special guest, Jess Reed, who is a production coordinator, assistant director, UPM. You name it on the production side, Jess does it. So uh, welcome, Jess. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here with you guys. sure i was just telling i was just telling katie how you're actually who is responsible for my first ever professional gig was that back in columbia was that um was that with spectrum it was the evernote commercial oh my god that was wow that was a time ago actually i think that was my first production coordinator job oh really Um, yeah i had done a lot of i had done some weird jobs that had like a lot of responsibility attached to it but like that was the first like you know it was one of the first jobs that I was like production coordinating um I had done a virtual reality ghost hunter show mm-hmm. that was really interesting and so like that was a lot of like travel coordinating it was like a lot of big jobs but like that Evernote was the first one that I think was like full-on production like had a full crew and like mm-hmm. we we shot on film right oh yeah I was the camera PA and I remember coming to set and then there were, you're, you just guided me to the camera department and they were shooting on film and I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to help, but I'll stand here and look, <laughs> look pretty. <laughs> hey, you were, you were awesome and gung-ho and super willing to learn and like they benefited from having you there. So true. Made me look good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you recently just moved to Los Angeles. Just moved to Los Angeles 14 days ago, 13, 14 days ago. Just got here. You loving it? I am absolutely in love with it. I've always (laughs) wanted to live in the city. I visited a few times and like, I just could not be happier to be here. That's awesome. That is so rad. So what inspired the move? Just work opportunities or? Work opportunities, some wonderful personal life opportunities, uh, like, like I said, I've I've always visited and I've always loved California, and this is mm-hmm. always where I've wanted to be. My I so I went from Saint I went from Columbia, Missouri to St. Louis, Missouri for a short time, and then out to Atlanta for two years. And when I got to Atlanta, like I always knew that LA was like the mecca. LA was where I wanted to end up being. Um, but Atlanta was convenient at the time. But even then, when I look back, I was just like, I have so much more of an infrastructure in Los Angeles, and. I mean, it's only been 14 days, so fingers crossed it doesn't break, but everyone here has been so lovely, and I've loved every part of being here so far, even in a pandemic, so. (laughs) That's incredible. That's awesome. Super happy to be here. So what was the big deciding factor from moving from Atlanta to Los Angeles? Because I know a lot of people in Los Angeles that decide to move to Atlanta, so why the other way? 
it it's the environment it's have having always wanted to be here it's knowing that like my my part of production and a lot of like the hiring for like my department mm-hmm. also like the upper ends of my department are hired here in los angeles so that plays a big role in role in it knowing that this is where like the top jobs are so it's better to meet people here um and I think it was a lot. It was, it's, it's that aspect of it. It's the size of productions that I knew that I could be a part of here. And it's also like just the people that I already had in place and loving the city of Los Angeles and loving the area here. And a lot of it comes down to like diversity of landscape and quality of life, but it's just the general quality of LA, like being what I wanted to live in. Atlanta was absolutely fantastic i love all my people that i met there but like this is just where i've always wanted to be and so far no disappointments that's awesome um what was life in atlanta like production wise life in atlanta in production i and also my experiences in atlanta were very much like based in the indie world and like i've already gotten super lucky that like the first opera the first opportunities that I've had since coming here have been, have been on have been on really big shoots mm-hmm. but Atlanta as a city is a very sprawling city and so that kind of just the commute plays so much of a role in daily life as far as like how far far away like production is like being able to run home being able to like grab stuff so like that affects life but as far as like production everything that I worked in in Atlanta was very ragtag and everyone was very much like proving themselves. And like, there wasn't necessarily the specific productions that I worked on were very nitty gritty ragtag and like everybody banding together. And it felt a lot more, it almost felt a little bit more akin to like the college, like student Mm -hmm. filmmaking that I was used to than it was Atlanta. But again, that's just my personal experiences. There's so many huge productions that are working in Atlanta that are like, top of the line that just wasn't where i fell in mm-hmm. that's interesting because that's how i feel in los angeles actually yeah. just being on the indie side of things really so yeah <laughs> really a little bit. you guys do a little bit talk about it i didn't know I that know. You, you take it away i mean i've done like two big things but it's really it's primarily been like yeah the indie side of things indie music videos or yeah. indie features and I feel like I feel like those indus like all of those things are super abundant in both Atlanta and Los Angeles. And it's so interesting too that like who you fall in with ends up being the kinds of jobs that yeah, you get. Like that's the you, tone. Yeah. When you meet music video people, like you end up doing a lot of awesome music videos when you meet feature people and likewise with indie and and big budget and whatnot. It's just kind of who you fall in with. Um and I feel like that's true in both places. It's interesting. Speaking of music videos, while you were in Atlanta, you did a few big music videos. Did. Um, I got the opportunity to work on, yeah, a couple of, like, there were, there were several. I had uh, Middle Child with, with yeah. J. Cole was a big one, followed by Missy Elliott. Um, throw it back. We were supposed to do a few of her music videos, but, like, it just timing wise worked out that we had that we just did that one but it was um crazy experience that it's so interesting that like we as filmmakers like our whole job is like build these fictional worlds and then tear them down and pretend like nothing was was there and wrap it all up like a few days a few weeks a few months later whatever it is but like we 
do so much in such a short amount of time that it's all supposed to go away. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I was on a Food Network show and the amount of trash that we had afterwards was absurd. We literally called three large dump trucks to carry all of our trash. I was I was on a home renovation show that like it, it was leading right up to COVID. I was so excited about the concept. I was so excited with like the people that I was working with were all like it was all like deserving families and like home renovations for those kinds of people. And like, unfortunately COVID shut it down. Fingers crossed it comes back. Um, Cause we like, we were like right there. We were two days out from our first shoot, but like it would, I was interested to see how we were going to dispose of everything. Cause we would have just like gutted these houses and like put in all of our, our stuff. And like the disposal on that would have been really interesting. But yeah, you look at our departments and like how much stuff they cycle through all the returns that you go through and like, it's just crazy what we go through. We're, we are the best kinds of people to have along for a road trip. Like we will plan everything down to the city mm-hmm. and turn it around like that. Like that. <laughs> that is so true. It seems like that's what you did with your move. Like your apartment already looks incredible. I actually was super fortunate. And I ended up moving in with a very close friend of mine. So oh, that's awesome. Um, it looks beautiful. Wow. How does it, so yeah, how does it feel to be in LA? Like, what? It, what is? You've already loved it. You've already dreamed about being here. So, I've dreamed about being here. The the set that I'm working on, I again, am, I will just say this over and over again. I'm unbelievably fortunate to be um, working on the set that I'm on, and I can't go into a lot of details. Sure. Disney shoot, but like, it's just some of the most wonderful people I've ever worked with. Like, just super kind, super great teachers, and like as much experience as, as I've had in any other like job that I've done. Cause like I said, I've done a lot of indie work and like I've been the second AD and the production coordinator and I've production managed and I've done all this kind of stuff. And like, I went back down to the bottom rung for this show. Mm. Like it's a much bigger budget thing. I'm an additional PA on this show because I'm a brand new to Los Angeles. And like, I I'm glad that I moved out when I did because I just, I'm super ready to put in the work. I'm super ready to be back down at the bottom of the totem pole. I don't know how much longer I would be willing to like get knocked down. Like if I was another two or three years into my career, I don't know that I would be willing to like make this move and take this dip, but like I am. And I have been so rewarded by the openness of the people around me who have been super kind and willing to teach me. And like, yeah, I'm just super, super fortunate. Everybody's been so sweet. That's but amazing. it's also been a breakneck pace since I've gotten here. It's been six day weeks since I got here. So wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm sure they're gonna notice you. Like you know what I mean. I think you're gonna stand out in your determination, and I'm sure they've seen your resume. So it'll it'll pay off. I hope so. And I mean, all and all the while too, though. Like I am super willing again to like be put down to like this position because every experience that I've had up until this point still couldn't prepared me for what I'm doing now like indie world to feature world like someone from the feature world doing an a PA position or second AD position or whatever would have a hard time adjusting to how much of a workload you would have going to an indie world when you're covering three different departments in a day like they're just so different so I'm learning so much and it's so rewarding to know that like I have so much to learn and that it was so worth it because of that too that's such a beautiful approach. I love that. It's so true. How did yeah. you get into, like, I don't know what your first gig was, but did you always want to be a second AD production coordinator? Like, did you always want to do those roles? Or 
what, what, um, what was the initial spark to work in the film industry and what job did you want to do? So that's a fun little, little backstory. I'll try to keep it as short as possible. My start in the industry started with um, my start in the arts in general. So I, I loved performing. I loved acting whenever I was younger. Um, some stuff happened that I started getting involved in community theater. And um, through that, met a lot of people who were a lot older than I was and would start their own independent creative ventures. I would see them go up and I would see them have these beautiful ideas, but they never took care of the back end and they never took care of the logistics. So a lot of it ended up going under pretty quickly or they just gave up on it and fizzled out. So I actually decided to go to business school um, with the intent of running theater companies and doing marketing and business and logistics for theater companies. And then I met someone really important in my life, actually my friend that I'm living with now, um, who switched my mindset from theater to film. And I loved the new technology aspect of it. I loved the wider reach of it. Like I loved so much about the film industry, but then just the goal never changed. It was just that like, I loved my creative people more than anything else. That was always my home. That was where I was happiest, but I wanted to take care of the logistics, um, whether it be the scheduling or the budget or what, or what have you, so that the creative people that I cared about could do their jobs without being hindered. Um, Recently, so love incredible. Yeah. I love it too. I love it so much. <laughs> we need you. <laughs> I would love to, I would love to at least like meet you guys in person, face to face if you guys ever need anything. But, of course. Um, but I, I, I started working my way into more office stuff when I was in Atlanta, which was great. And it was very rewarding, but I learned very quickly that like being a production coordinator and so on and so forth, like I'm stuck in the office and I can't see the people that I'm working so hard for. So being an AD and being able to be there in person and take care of the schedule and like move everything and help people directly and see the people that I'm affecting means the world to me. So that's why I made the shift over from the office to being an AD and I have again never been happier. So. Even though you're on the production side of things, do you still see yourself as a creative and helping make creative decisions for the production as a whole? I think being an AD and being in these positions, like you have to be a ba the bad guy a lot of the time and say like mm, the schedule will not allow for this. Like Apollo, whether we want him to or not, is going to set the sun at the end of the day at 630 and you have an hour left of shooting. So we need to cut this. So like, I don't necessarily think that like I'm there to come up with the creative ideas in the first place, but I'm always there to come up with creative solutions and to help us still get what we need at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. like, I love adding to a story that's there and I definitely make creative decisions and come up with creative solutions, but I'm not necessarily like writing the whole show, but like, that's not necessarily what I love. That's not my biggest strength, but I do love doing that for other people. So definitely creative decisions, not necessarily like broad strokes creative. Also, do you feel like moving to a new location that you have to start at a lower position or do you think that's just something that you thought was just comfortable? I think that was comfortable. I think for me, that was very specific to, it was a new city. It was COVID. It was unions um, and moving into a city and moving 
and it was the size like I said the size and scope of the production is never is something that I've never been on before and like within the AD department if you haven't had a certain number of days you're not in the union and you can't be a second AD and so on and so forth and like I wouldn't have felt comfortable coming in and being the key PA on something this big not knowing it like I would have felt like an imposter the entire time and I don't think that I could have done it justice because there's some really really talented people who've been working at this level and know the systems in place and because I'm making a jump in industry in size and scope of production in city and so on and so forth I love the opportunity to be a PA and observe and learn and be allowed to not know and be allowed to ask questions so this has been super beneficial to me because of my department switch and everything else along with it. But I don't think that you necessarily have to do that at all. And I think, especially when you look at other departments, when you look at camera departments and stuff like that, like the union criteria, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but the union criteria between Atlanta and Los Angeles are a lot closer. And so it's easier to make that jump. So that, that has a lot to do with it. It's just union status and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard it was a lot easier to get unionized in Atlanta than it is LA. It is, and like, and we can go down this rabbit hole for sure <laughs> if you guys want to. But a lot of it, like DGA, like the first tier in the DGA um, is your third area, and so you can work as an AD in anywhere that isn't Los Angeles or New York. So being in the being in the union at like at each level means something different in Atlanta. So you can make more of an impact in Atlanta. So that has a lot to do with it. In the logistical side of things, um, and in the creative side of things, do you think it's important to like focus on the path of a certain world? Like I want to do features, I'm just gonna work on features, like PA for a feature, or is it normal or okay to bounce around and not like want to do everything, music videos, features, commercials. Um, what do you think about that? I think that every bit of experience that you get only makes you stronger and it gives you the ability to give creative solutions in places where like if somebody's only done big budget features and like these are the rules for this and like we get into a pinch and like I know how to pull this off in a scrappier way that we can like still be safe and make sure that everybody's okay. But like, we kind of need to skirt some of the formalities here, not safety, but like formalities, then it's super helpful to be able to know that background. And that being said though, the connections that you make in, in each facet, like we said, like reality TV people are really good at that style of reality TV and that style of shooting and producing. And that's different than commercials. It's different than indies and that's different than big budget features. And there's nothing wrong with that, but like you do, when you move around between all of those, you're not building the same connections and the same network. It's still super enriching. And I think you'll have a fantastic life. There's nothing wrong with it, but like it does matter who you know in this industry. And like, you're just growing your network in a lot of places and there's only so much time in the day. Mm-hmm. we work 12 15 16 hour days yeah so and that's all you got that's all you got yeah. that's such a good point i know <laughs> for better or for worse it's true which also lends to the fact that like you make friends really quickly like it's funny like you could if you're in a normal job like it's week two or three before you're like going out with people for like 
happy hour or something yeah, like, yeah. like that or before you're like sharing your life stories and like i've been on set with you for 16 hours like we've already spanned three days and jam-packed <laughs> it all and and included the exhaustion and like yeah, the and the, the heat and everything and else oh all exactly I know. and it's day one and yeah. you bond so fast maybe yeah. that's why i bonded so quickly with you guys true <laughs> no trauma bonding yeah <laughs> it happens yeah a beautiful thing <laughs> no we have we have to lean on each other so yeah. like totally. those connections are, are formed a lot faster do you find yourself networking just purely on set or is there like an external process like outside of set where you're ex like where you're networking with other people in the industry i feel like a lot of it happens on on set naturally yeah. again and like and again a lot of that is because we only have so much time outside of set in the first right. place um I don't know. I feel like I'm a bad like test for this, but no, I feel like a lot of my like professional networking happens on, on set and mm -hmm. happens um, like there's, there's certainly, especially when moving to a new city where it's just like, I don't care if it's your cousin's monkey's uncle, like I <laughs> go grab a coffee with anyone. And, it's, and again, being where I'm at and being my age and being where I'm at in my career as well. Like I want to learn from everyone. Right. There's so much that I don't know. And I'm so happy to admit that if you're not going to like be rude or, or mean about it, which most people aren't for me to go and ask you what you do and what your life is like, like is usually pretty flattering. And I get a lot out of like learning from you. So like, I love taking people for random coffees and asking them about their life stories and why they do what they do. And like, if I could just have some time where like I went and chatted at a grew up an electric rental house and, and stuff like that. Like I always try to take on those opportunities whenever I can. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes into it for sure. It's not necessarily on set, but it's usually with industry people and it does take effort on your part to get a hold of them and get their attention. I would say when I first started working with you, Jess, I would, I always appreciated how I could come to you with a problem and you would always help me figure it out. <laughs> and I think that that's just, I guess my question for you is what qualities do you think you need to have as like a production coordinator or a PA to make sure that um, you're caring about the other filmmakers, if that makes sense? The production side of things, I mean, it's just listening to your people. It's, it's being willing, fail hard, fail fast, um, and be willing to admit when you've done it. Um, do you go for it like admit ask questions um admit where you're wrong put your ego aside and just go for it like people are excited to see someone who's willing to try for them people are excited to work with people who care and who listen when you when you come to set as a pa how do you want your ad to uh be towards you having i've i've worked with really good ids and i've worked with not so great ads and i know that like the things that i try to carry with me are is that like your ad should not be turning turning on instagram live and like filming themselves <laughs> saying we rap like it's not you're not there for your own ego like your your totally. first thing like your first AD is the person who is most in service to the production, who is most in service to everyone else on set. And it's ADs that are authoritative and move 
the set and move the production in the right direction while also always keeping in mind that they're there to help everyone else and they're bringing everyone together and they're the linchpin for it like it's it's general respect it's it's the basic general kindness that we all want to be treated with and it's just knowing that like the people around you are adding value to your life and that they're and your day and your work and so the best ADs and like the best people who are holding those productions together are the ones who are like even at their highest point are checking in and making sure like hey did you grab water like hey are we um like are you still feeling okay like what are you at what do you what do you need to get your job done because I know that you're trying that also comes with trusting your team and several other things that go into that but it's trusting your team and like trying to bring them together and giving them the resources that they need to do their job so it's it's a, the service leadership mindset Mm -hmm. at the end of all of it it's a service leadership mindset where would you like to see yourself in a few years like do you want to focus on going like second ad first ad or do you want to focus more on like brandon was saying production coordinator yeah what's your what's your vision i am absolutely going along the track of being um, a first ad like awesome. i said that's where i i can see and like it's more tangible the people that that i'm helping the people that i get to work with um that's where i want to be and i want to be going about it through the union route but mm. even i feel like my 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 career path is all over the place right now like i just got done being an assistant production supervisor on a show for three months now I'm PAing and while I'm PAing, I'm also doing a script breakdown for a show that might get like between one to $2 million as far as funding. Like, wow. It's a lot I'm of trying fun. to line produce the show on the side. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It's great to have all these different skills though. I mean, it's awesome that you have your kind of direction of where you can really see yourself, but then having all the other skills I think is really imperative. Um, I'm super fortunate to have people who believe in me and who trust me with their projects. And again, I think it comes down to the fact that like, I know if I can't do something, I will admit it to, to you because I don't want to see your project fail, but I'm going to give you everything I got because I care about what you're doing and I care about you. Honesty and respect can go such a long ways on a film set oh because God, you're right. Yeah. Like egos get in the way. Nobody wants to admit anything. And then right. you're just riding in this roller coaster that's about to just derail and it's so hard <laughs> yeah like you don't want to be the one that one that's wrong you don't like it's, it's so scary to admit when you've done some something wrong but like yeah you're the you're the only person that you can control mm -hmm. so how do you make it better than reflecting and trying to make yourself better yeah. yeah absolutely yeah and i think when you're surrounded by beautiful people they're understanding and we've all made mistakes i mean sometimes you know you look back you're like oh my god i can't believe yeah. i did that but then you know you learn and you definitely would never yeah. do it again i was just gonna say again that i acknowledge again how lucky i am to be able to admit mistakes because we've all had the bosses that if you say something wrong and they're down down your throat then you get called names so it's not very pleasant sure. and like those are not environments where you feel very safe to make mistakes but they're also not very productive environments either and like you see that reflected at every point so I will say again how lucky I am to be in the environment that I that I am in and the ones that I have been in to get to make mistakes so I understand that it's not easy to admit admit them or you've been conditioned not to but i'm very fortunate and i try to put that forward for other people yeah um i was just gonna ask if you had any crazy or funny set stories i don't know if you <laughs> have if you want to share i don't know 
You don't have to, but for some reason oh, I just thought of it. It was, I mean, I remember a shoot that I was on where, again, like, it's just funny, like, taking a macro look at things where, like, you can see everything going on 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 around you and you realize the good intent of everyone in the room but like if you were in if you were in a comedy like it would just be the most hilarious scene ever so I remember being on a set and like the director had like I had sent people down to go work on a setup in corner a and I come downstairs and everything's being set up in corner b and it's just like well I want to make sure that like I get the extras out of here because they've been here too they've been here too too long I'm like I get that but it was already done and we need to do it for this this and this reason it's like oh I didn't think of that I'm like because you're not supposed to because I got your back and you're not supposed to <laughs> so, and like as in reaction to that, an hour and a half later, I'm set up, I'm staring at, at what we need to shoot. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then all of a sudden I see this, like one of the producers like walk into the shot and be pacing in the back of the shot. I'm like, what are you doing? Turns out he's trying to order pizza for all the cast and crew as an apology <laughs> for us having gone late. I'm like, that's great, but I need you to like, get out of this shot so we can <laughs> I don't I don't understand oh how this gosh. is slipping your mind I look back and all of it was with was with the sweetest of intents but it yeah. drove me crazy <laughs> and that's what I mean I have wonderful beautiful creative people right. who are trying to do the best that they possibly can and they just need a little bit of direction a little skirt in, in this way and like and then we're fine but it's just looking at things like that where it's just like I could see the railroad cars colliding and I'm like going crazy and it's just there's nothing I can do about it. I can just shift and react and it's fine and we just keep moving. But Nothing like some overtime pizza. <laughs> I've ordered it for you guys. <laughs> I don't want to eat the pizza on the clock. Uh, I was going to ask about because you've worked a lot during the pandemic. Um and, and the guys have too, but like, yeah, if you have some, especially from your point of view, I'm very curious to hear, you know, you probably have, I would imagine even more responsibility than you already did. I, so the show that I was, that I first worked on when I came back from the pandemic was a interview based crime show that was actually super, super well suited to come back from the pandemic because we had all of the interview bites we had archival footage and, and stuff like that so that we were just shooting the recreations at that point so we were super lucky in that if we didn't get something on the day we did have filler and we did have a backup which almost no other show gets to do so we were incredibly lucky that we got to come back with that experiment in mind um it was interesting one of the things that i think is so interesting is how you can come up with all the wonderful policies in the world, but how you enforce it is so incredibly important. So it's, well, who does it fall on? And so, cause we, we were on a smaller production we had our medic and then we also had our AD team. And then we also had production. It's like, who does that even fall on? And it, at first it was our medic and she was absolutely wonderful. She helped develop the policies, like such a delightful person to work with. She cared so much about all of this, but like, when someone in i don't know and let's pretend like it was somebody in our department decides that they don't feel like wearing their gloves when they touch certain props and stuff like that and it's like no the covid guidelines say that you have to wear gloves or you have to sanitize every single prop every time it comes on and off set it fits the medic's job to do that who enforces that and, and like what 
what power do they have to enforce it? And so that's been one of the most interesting things that I've seen is how do you empower people to enact those policies? Um, and it's a difficult balance that everyone's been striking because again, uh, there's already so much uncertainty surrounding what the policies should be because it's a virus and nobody knows exactly what we're doing with this and we're all just doing our best. But then now you have health and safety teams, which are really just a combination of set medics and AD, ADs and um, PAs and stuff like that who have all who are all just trying to find work and do the best that they can. But now if you have a KPA or PA who's now been put in a healthy health and safety position, they don't want to ruin their careers by going up and telling people like, hey, stand six feet away from each other and being the nag on set. So it's just, it's a very interesting balance. And at the end of the day, it all starts from the top and it all matters a lot how your point people are handling the situation, how they talk to each other about it, how they regard the masks and safety protocols and stuff like that. And it all just comes down to like, it comes from the top always and the kind of respect that those people have for the for the rules have you gotten to work with the uh the sag zone system yet the zone a b and c yes i'm working with that right now actually does it how how is working with that new system it's difficult um when it comes to certain i think it's a great idea i think it um i think in most points of the day it's super helpful um, it's best for the people who are on for the entire run of a show. So when you start getting additionals in and stuff like that, it gets a little more difficult to enforce because not everyone's gone through the same training and same stringency. It's, is that a word? Same stringency from day one. Um, so like having that training in place is always interesting. I think the biggest issue is like we're, we're on French hours. And so there are certain people who can't leave set. And when it gets to like lunch, and you have a dolly grip who can't get off his dolly and he's got to eat at some point because you're not going to do that to him. Like that's when it becomes a little bit interesting. But for the most part, like people just, we figure it out and we swap in and out and we like tag, tag each other and now we do what we can to support each other. But like all in all, I think it's a great set of policies. I think it's really smart and it allows people the room to like step away and do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. As a PA, are you allowed to, what zones are you allowed to go into? Because zone A is like on set with the actors and then zone Uh, b's like behind them correct um i our part of the pa team is all um we're all tested three times a week we all take super precautions like every single handle every um cooler is wiped down like everything is like super like sectioned off and then we end up we do go on set i am on set like around actors but our health and safety team is putting on top of it. Like all of our sunglasses get like the little eyepieces on the side. So all we have eye protection at all times. We have hand sanitizer at all times. We have um, masks like at the ready in an instant and like everything's super regimented and regulated. So it's been, they've been really on top of it as far as that stuff goes. That's crazy. Do you still feel like you're making a movie when you have to take all these precautions? Yeah. I don't think it's changed that too much. Like it's a, there's definitely a little bit more like prickliness and you do have to be careful and it sucks not to be able to like give your coworker a hug you're like pat somebody on the back and like 
but again you're also all feeling that ache together and like you're all kind of dealing with that together and like you're doing the weird like ankle handshakes and whatever it is <laughs> that people do to say hi to each other like you're you're doing it together and you get to laugh about it together and we're all going to go go through it and talk about this in five years and it's going to hopefully it's done by then but <laughs> yeah we're all going through it together it feels and really then, cool to oh sorry to interrupt but it just feels like super liberating to like make things during the, the the pandemic i don't know why it's like That's it's amazing. not stopping us yeah you know, it's and yeah no i mean you have your little group like you know that these people have been tested regularly like i'm still gonna respect everything i'm still gonna stay my six feet feet away and whatnot but like i know that like i'm a little bit safer and like i enjoy being able to like be in a controlled environment and from 10 feet away like going off in the field taking off my mask and be like i'm smiling at you I'm like, I didn't do that. <laughs> with my glasses but i can see it so i don't know it does still feel like filmmaking it feels like like coming home it feels like such a good place to to be and to be able to create and to be able to return to some sense of normalcy however skewed it is i was just curious about the bigger sets i'm very 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 curious about that so um because i've i've only done indie things so um what is the like yeah what's the difference what's the experience like it's is it just like so much more massive and almost like a behemoth like overwhelming like you said you felt grateful to be in the position you're in because you you're just absorbing everything but yeah I'm just so curious about what it's like it is very regimented there are definitely moments when I look at because with indie sets and being in those positions like it's all about efficiency like how quick can we get it done how many of our people can we pull together and like it's really beautiful to see like the grips jump in and like help move like a big set piece and like I'm as a PA you're allowed to go in and help with this department and you can learn so much here and there um but it's but like that's also very very taxing and like you and like on one of the shows that I was on it was always like I was I was production coordinating I was the second AD and I was basically location managing as well so like I was in an hour before anyone else and then I was there an hour and a half to two like we would already do ridiculously long days we would pad it with extra time for people to go outside and take their masks off and be in a field so they didn't hyperventilate and they could get space but that required a lot of space and a lot of time so we would run over on that and then it's another hour and a half before the security guard shows up and so like those are long taxing days so as much as it's wonderful to see the efficiency of how much you can get done in a day and like having other departments jump in and and help out working on this there are a few more safeguards and like I can like when you're on I don't know there's just there's things put in place to make sure that you are fed and kept safe and kept a little bit more sane and there are union guidelines and turnaround times that are a little bit more adhered to and like it's just I don't know it's it you can see where the inefficiencies are and you can see where you want to jump in and help and like you want to move that thing and like make this go a few minutes faster but I can also see the value in it so there's so many pros and cons to both but I've, I've I'm loving living in this new world it sounds luxurious to me <laughs> Like, I, that's what I want. Like, I definitely want that where, yeah, you just, I don't know. It just seems like it's not easy. It's never easy, but it just seems like you said, just safer. And yeah, you just have more support around you. 
It's yeah. yeah. And you're not, you don't like, have to worry about oh, go ahead. your job. Isn't easy. Isn't necessarily easy, but the externalities that you have to deal with while you're doing that job aren't necessarily affecting you as much. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. We're focused. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> I'd love to be on like a 50 day feature. Just how oh, wow. <laughs> I want to see that shooting yeah. schedule compared to like yeah. a twenty yeah. day a twenty day in. Yeah. yeah, that's all we know. Is it is it I crazy like? And then do you just do six days on, one day off always, or? Um, and that's just for this. That's just specifically like for like getting the last bits of of what people need and like and all the stuff like. So this is very specific to like what this what this production is dealing with coming back from the pandemic and everything else. So like, it's not always like this by any means, but um, I just shout out to these incredible ADs who like, I like I've built out 26 and like 35 day schedules and I've done scheduling like that in movie magic, which is a task in and it of itself. But like these ADs who are going through like hundred day shoots and also planning second unit the entire time and shuffling around actor schedules between that kind of stuff. Like so much respect, mm-hmm. so much. Forgot about second unit. Everybody does. Does the second AD do it usually or is it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's, I mean, it's your second AD and your first, like working through a lot of that stuff together. Like it's, it's beautiful to watch. And I'm a complete nerd. My happy place is Office Depot. Somebody sponsor me. <laughs> uh, have you ever second seconds before? I have second seconded before. And a lot of that's, yeah. What that's is fun. the role of a second second? Because I always hear like the first and then the second, but I never hear what the second second does. <laughs> the se- I mean, I think... This is not necessarily like, and again, a lot of my stuff has been on anything. So like, yeah, for sure. Like I may not have the best answer to that, but it seems like they're, while your second AD is in the trailer and your first AD is like overlord running set, your second second is like managing your background and starting to delineate like duties and responsibilities to more of the people on set while you're, uh, and like dealing with the nitty gritty while your first AD is dealing with department heads. It's so cool. I wonder what it'd be like to be on an indie <laughs> that has literally the entire department, the production department heads, like that has a whole department. Get out of here! Stop. Yeah. <laughs> would it would it even be an indie at that point? <laughs> I don't know. Talk to crazy yeah. talk. Just like just to have the full like team, like have a first, a second, a second, second, yeah. UPM, a production coordinator, PAs, like all paid minimum wage. I was yeah. gonna say you're you're scaring me here with these numbers, all these people. But yeah, just also who came up with this naming system? Can somebody I know, seriously. Yeah. Like assistant director in the first place. Like I'm not I'm not a director's assistant. Like that's right. not what we're doing. That's and then like point. just gotta... there are a lot of numbers involved. I don't know. What would you name it? <laughs> you're scheduling overlord i don't know (laughs) i like that uh well jess we will start to wrap up so i have my two last questions that i always ask everybody what is some advice you would give to a young filmmaker wanting to make it in the business what my one of my biggest ones is always fail hard and fail fast um be willing and be willing to learn from your mistakes and then it's always circumstantial and I'm not saying it's always the easiest thing to do, but like find a way to ask questions, find Mm -hmm. a way to be inquisitive and 
be okay with being wrong, be okay with not knowing. And if you can do that, then you can do one of the biggest things is just like leaving your ego at the door. For sure. Um, and what are your three top three favorite movies of all time? Oh God. <laughs> um, That's what everybody says. Most recently, I I fell in love with Arrival a while ago. I think that it is mm. such an incredible exploration of language. And like that, it wasn't an alien movie, movie to me. It was so beautiful how they talked about language and that's shaped how, so much of how I've looked at other languages and made me more interested in them. Haven't done a great job with that, but like I need to anyway. <laughs> uh, so I love Arrival. I have always loved Moulin Rouge. I'm a musical theater nerd at heart and that will never change. And Nicole Kidman <laughs> and Ewan McGregor are just delightful. Um, the third one gets a lot harder on... I really can I do a tie for sure that one yeah. that are very different I think I really enjoy fried green tomatoes I think that was such a happy I haven't seen that one in so long <gasps> I love it I love it it's I love so it. good it's so beautiful and sad and amazing <laughs> and then the other oh I really loved um a simple favor with Anna Kendrick and Blake and Blake Lively I thought that was like such a fun movie to watch I think the art design is absolutely beautiful in it I think the score is really poppy and fun I just thought it was a really fun ride there's a lot of like ridiculous twists and turns it's not the most realistic but I thought it was a very fun ride that's awesome so cool (laughs) I haven't seen it I need to see it it. (laughs) uh well Jess Welcome to Los Angeles. Yes. Thank you, Brandon. But, uh, yeah, yes. thank you. Such thank you for the pleasure. time. Thank you guys so much thank for having you. me. It's been a joy. Oh, thank you so much. Hope you get some sleep. You probably have another big day tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your night and your week. And I can't wait to see you guys soon. See Sounds you. good. See ya. See ya. Good night. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, rate, review, give us five stars. We love you. Bye. Ciao. Love you guys. Bye.